Welcome to the Turfgrass Hotline. I'm Frank Rossi. This episode of the Turfgrass Hotline is a deep dive into growth management using data to improve playing surface performance. And when you're talking data, you're talking the Greenkeeper app, a pioneer in data-driven growth management. The Greenkeeper app simplifies data management for turfgrass professionals, and that leads to enhanced playing surface performance. From the pioneering use of growing degree days for PGR applications to the new performance tracker that integrates regulation from DMI fungicides, there are always new innovations underway at Greenkeeper. And now premium membership includes the application advisor designed for the data-driven operation looking for pest risk models, fungicide rotation options, and many other new features. Premium members receive a 10% discount on all soil, tissue, water testing. For more information, visit greenkeeperapp.com. Welcome to the Turfgrass Hotline, Professor Bill Kreiser, University of Nebraska at Lincoln. I understand you've got a virtual field day coming up, Bill. Why don't we start with having you tell the listeners about promoting that and when it is and how to sign up and get involved? Yeah, we are. So uh, the easiest way to sign up is to go to NebraskaTurfGrass.com. You can sign up for field day right there under the events tab. And uh, if you're an NTA member, it's free. Uh, if you're not a member, I think it's $25, not too much money. Honestly, you can be an NTA member outside of Nebraska, and then you get that plus a lot of other good educational content from our program. Uh, but it's pretty fun. We've recorded about 15 or 16 videos from state-of-the-art research to kind of things that can be used for training your employees. And so you get all these videos, and then what we're going to do on the 12th is have a, a sit-down and, and let people uh, talk to the researchers about what they're seeing. So we'll kind of be sitting in Zoom meetings for an hour just waiting for anybody to ask any questions they might have about the research. Okay, so the videos will be available on what day? I'm hoping early next week, so that would be on the 10th. Okay. And then we'll do the virtual part on the 12th. So if you can get to uh, sign up, uh, we can get those videos sent over, and then you can even view them before that uh, in-person Zoom meeting time. And, uh, you know, if you can't meet that time, too, always things like Twitter and an email can always help answer those questions you have. Right. You and I will finish this conversation. We'll get it over to the studio, get it produced so that people can get to that August 12th date. Now, Bill, the reason I, ha- I contacted you and wanted you on the hotline was that it-, it appears after all these years of you collecting clippings and doing all the great work you've done, in the last couple of months, your consistent tweeting on the impact of mowing height on growth rate, nitrogen application rate, and PGR use, and how you've been looking at it for disease control, and now recently for field day, looking at ball roll distance at different mowing heights with different PGR programs, with different nitrogen rates. So listen, we only got a short time in the hotline. Let's start with something you and I know, and you, you know, you sort of taught me and much of the rest of the industry about mowing height and its impact on growth rate. You picked two particular mowing heights. It looks this year about 0.08 and 0.12 inches. I'm assuming that's mowed regularly. Let's talk and start a little bit with what you've seen directly on the impact of mowing at 08 versus 1-2. Yeah, exactly. So this all started actually for, again, from backyard potting greens, mowing at 80 last year, loving the response that I had, but noticing how much grass I was getting out of it. And so this year, we just kind of mixed them all together, mowing height, PGRs, fertilizer, and then looked at the ball roll. So the mowing height part, the big, big part really shocked me this year. We hadn't actually measured the clippings from one versus the other. And when we started in June, we were getting three to four times the amount of clippings at 80 than we were at 120. 
And that started to slow down now as the summer heat stresses kicked in, but we're still over double the amount of clippings at that lower mowing height. So what that really means is think about the amount of sugar and fertilizer is going to be mowed off all the time. And so one of the reasons you might be having a hard time mowing lower is because that grass is growing so much harder and you don't need to be fertilizing to you know, replace what you're taking away or that quality goes bad really quickly and it thins out. And so that's how we kind of moved into what kind of fertility and PGR programs would you need to keep this grass mowing at 80 so it's not growing too crazy. Okay, so, so the first thing that comes to my mind, right, there's two things that come to my mind. But the first one is what you've told me about helping my collars, yeah. right? If I've had problems with collar decline, hey, lower the height and get some more nitrogen on it. So many people might say, hey, let me just get some more N on this thing. And then I also know from your work that if I'm using Primo, I'm not taking off as much tissue, or I should say a growth regulator. I'm not taking off as much tissue, and therefore, I might be able to get away with less fertility. So let's talk a little bit about nitrogen rate. Could you get 80 to perform really well if you drove up the end rate? Yeah, you can. So our two end rates in this study are 15 hundredths and three tenths of a pound every three weeks. And you might be thinking six tenths of a pound a month, Bill, that's a lot. First of all, it's a three or four year old green. So it needs a little bit more to begin with. But when I'm at three tenths of a pound of, of N from urea every two weeks, all the treatments look a lot better, especially when we start adding those PGRs. And like you said, we're slowing that growth rate down. We're taking less fertilizer away. I'm adding more fertilizer. And so essentially, I'm hitting the brakes at the same time as I'm putting my foot on the gas. And I'm getting really high density and good green color and good turf quality, even at 80. Okay. So when you go to use PGR and you've started to play around with nitrogen rate, at the same time, you've been looking at disease infestation and growth rate. Can you tie some of these concepts together before we get the ball roll and performance? Sure. I want to talk a little bit about what you've been learning with regard to growth rate and PGR use and the implications that it might have for some well-established doctrine about don't fertilize because it leads to more disease problems, or maybe you should fertilize less because you'll have less disease. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been learning with regard to growth rate and these other problems? Yeah, I think that's something that we've been showing. It's really been working great in tall fescue uh, out here in Nebraska. The homeowners have this do not fertilize in the summer or get brown patch. And if I have low fertilizer and then I put PGRs on it, those plots are infested with brown patch. And it's not the PGR itself doing it. It's that the PGR is slowing that growth rate down to the similar thing that you'd have if you had compacted soils, poor soils with no organic matter, low water. So that grass is just growing slower because it's not making it gibberellin. And so in those environments, we're seeing a ton of brown patch. And, and now we're trying to test that out into uh, – our bentgrass fairways and looking at dollar spot and, and brown patch. And so the real take home there is we want to be managing towards an ideal growth rate. And if you go lower or higher than that, then you start to see diseases that come up. So diseases that you might think about as high end diseases, I would classify them more as high growth rate diseases like brown patch. And then those low growth rate diseases are those traditional low nitrogen diseases like dollar spot. So especially in that tall fescue too, that was even kind of a surprise to us to see that even under low growth rate, we had a ton of brown patch in those tall fescue lawns and roughs. And so that was kind of an interesting thing. So it's really about 
managing towards an ideal growth rate. Well, and now we're in the throes of the summer months where soils are really warm. And at least, uh, you know, in our neck of the woods where, you know, we just had some good rains coming through, helping us with some dry areas. You know, Bill, you don't always have control over growth rate at this time of year because of the warm, moist soils. Is that a case where a growth regulator where you'd put the brake on a little bit. I mean, you you yeah. know, you mentioned where a PGR was creating a problem, but in some cases, if it's slowing the excessive growth, would it then be helping with a problem? Yeah, and just that first part uh, you said about you know, creating a problem, at our Jim Egger golf course with our GPS sprayer, we do not put PGRs on those collars, and they are the best they've ever been. So that really did show the impact that we had. But now we're starting to see a lot of mineralization from our warm, wet soils, the bank grass is getting puffy from all that fertilizer becoming available. That's when I'm starting to ramp up my PGR rates, mixing PGRs. And by doing that, I can actually get more suppression than what I might be able to get from the label rate. So uh, I have no problem being flexible with my PGR. I'm trying to hit growth rate goals. I'm looking at my clipping yields over a two-week stretch. And when I go spray, I think, do I go higher or lower? Or if I have a lot of growth, maybe I should add some PGRs together to really check that growth rate. And so like in our study here, with Primo and Trimit, you know, we are getting 60 to 70% clipping yield suppression on potting greens, which is crazy. And the only way you can do it is by mixing PGRs because going out with just a rate by itself of one PGR, you can't get that level of suppression. So let me just ask you before we get into the performance stuff, are these plots getting trafficked? And if they are, how are they holding up to the traffic? Because obviously research plots that aren't getting trafficked is a different scenario uh, I'm wondering, are you giving it traffic and how that might affect the way you use your nitrogen and PGR? So they're not getting that much traffic, a little bit of rolling. Uh, otherwise, they're pretty much sitting there. But I, I do want to say that everything they're talking about, the mowing at 80, the higher fertility rate, the higher PGR rate, the things we're going to talk about, I am doing at our par three course, which is getting record numbers of rounds because the greens are rolling great. Uh, and with COVID being things, it's not something to do. And so even though our plots are being done at a plot site, I'm doing them in the real world on nine holes of really actively played on golf, and we're seeing the exact same results. So I'm very confident in what I'm seeing. Excellent. So thank you for making the transition so easy for me to performance, right? Because you're doing it on golf courses and you're saying they're rolling good. Okay. So in preparation for field day, you tweet out pictures of uh, 80 and 20 mode plots and the PGR programs that you use for them. And of course, what got everybody's attention, certainly got my attention, was the ball roll measurements. And you and I know from looking at ball roll when you were here, the way we would look pre-mo and post-mo, how we don't often find clipping volume related to ball roll distance. You and I are a little bit on an island there with regard to our data. But let's talk a little bit about your measurement of performance now. You had two nitrogen rates, a pre-mo program, and then you threw some trimming in and two mowing heights. Let's start with the impact of mowing and nitrogen on ball roll. Yeah, it's minimal. Minimal. It's been less than an inch and a half. And if you think about the quality improvement is huge to go from 1500s to three tenths. The density is great. There's no moss. Uh, the colors are still acceptable. It's not overly green. So all of those attributes to lose an inch of ball roll is definitely not worth it. There's a lot of other things we can do. Uh, and so I am not worried about that because, yeah, great, you may have an inch faster ball roll. And then when you don't have greens in August, well, I think that's problematic. So you're probably raising heights. And doing okay. All those in simple terms, what you've been saying here is 
you can raise your mowing height, which I think makes all the anthracnose people happy because they're always touting that. Number two, they're going to love that you are adding more nitrogen and getting away with adding more nitrogen because that's another key aspect, probably the most key aspect in preventing basal rot anthracnose. And then there's the role of the PGR, Bill. So tell me about what the PGR is doing in this case. Yeah, so we got three different PGR rates. You got your standard rate of Primo, five and a half ounces per acre. I have a six X label rate. That should give me a little bit more suppression than it did um, by about three times as much suppression. Uh, And then we did the, the standard rate of Primo, five and a half ounces an acre, with the high rate of trim it, 16 ounces per acre. And so it's a pretty, you know, aggressive program. And what we're noticing uh, is that the trim it treatments with the Primo definitely have the fastest green speed compared to the non-treated control, generally about a foot and a half. Those differences, though, are kind of greater on the, the 120 height mode uh, grass than they are on the, the lower mowing height. So when we got to really low mowing heights, the PGR effects honestly weren't as big as they were at the higher mowing height. And so even though that grass is growing faster at 80, we're not really seeing this correlation because that grass is growing faster, but it's still rolling a little bit longer. So again, that undermines that whole, the more clippings you get, the slower the greens are going to be. And so I'm really noticing with the PGR programs is that the leaf morphology and architecture is changing so much that the surface just feels different. You put your fingers on that trim it POA or Primo mix and you touch it, it feels prickly and dry versus you know the succulent leaves of the non-treated control. And that ball just rifles across that surface. And I don't think it has much to do with you know, what the growth rate is, it's more about those leaves are just so rigid that that ball just moves right across it really quickly. And to me, that is almost entirely related to your addition of trim it. Or do you see the primo plots at these really high rates uh, still doing that? Yeah, not really. Um, you know, the, the 6x rates of primo are a little bit faster than the 1x rate. But when you do the statistics on it, you know, it's, they're still statistically the same. So even though I'm using a lot more primo, I'm not getting that change in that architecture. And so I don't really see that that big of, a, of an increase or of a decrease there. Uh, and so that's one of the things I notice um, when looking at this is, is just how that change goes uh, up. Now, listen, before I let you go, let's wrap up with this kind of conversation because you alluded to it. Uh, in addition to how they play, they got to look a certain way. And I'm looking at the picture from the tweet. And I heard you mention moss and thinning and density. And I guess what I'm hearing is I don't hear any reason that you're saying that you need to necessarily lower the mowing height to get faster speeds. And I don't hear you necessarily saying, well, if you add more N, you're going to get slower greens. Uh, Those are two, you know, contradictory, not contradictory of each other, but they contradict some conventional thinking I think we've had in this business, which to me, is welcome news for people who struggle with anthracnose, even on poa greens. Now, these are bentgrass greens, Bill, in Nebraska. A lot of guys have poa greens that are really sensitive at this time of year. Would you expect them to be demonstrably different annual bluegrass under, you know, Chicago conditions, things like that? Uh, I think they'll be a little different. Uh, We do see differences in Nebraska. You know, we are really hot and humid right now. Uh, And so some of the poet, we don't have a bunch of poet because it is so hot and humid out here. Uh, Because say Chicago or New Jersey might. 
but we do notice some sensitivity differences in the different POA biotypes. And so that could be something to be aware of. Um, this is definitely on a Bencraft screen. This is, uh, I think, V8 or, um, or 007. Even the PAR3 course is Pencross. So I'm doing it fine on Pencross, but there's not a lot of POA in those screens either because of this program that we've really implemented. So is the Bencraft thinning algae? Tell me about what 08 looks like compared to 120, just visually. 08 looks tight. There is just no visible leaf bending over. The leaves are just kind of sticking straight up and they're being mowed. The algae is there and the moss is there at the lower fertility rate, which makes sense. If I'm only putting down a small amount of what I'm mowing off in fertilizer removal every single day. So if I'm going out with my PGRs and I'm shutting down that growth rate, um, like that trimmet suppression, I'm getting 60% suppression. And then I'm putting extra fertilizer on top of that. I can negate a lot of that extra growth surge and that fertilizer staying in the system. And as a result, I'm getting a really dense, tight canopy. Uh, and so it does have this really nice appearance. Uh, it's a little bit less green color, which is less tissue there. So you're going to lose some of that. But it doesn't really mean the grass is in bad or unhealthy shape. Uh, and we still have nice roots too. All right, Bill. Well, that's quite a teaser for your field day. One more time. The videos will be out early next week. There'll be a sit down on the 12th. Yep. They can get information for this uh, on the Nebraska Turfgrass website. And we'd really encourage uh, people from all over the country to become members of the NTA uh, so they can join the field day for free, Bill. Thanks for taking the time to join us and best to all you guys for the field day. Hey, Frank, thanks for having me. Professor Bill Kreiser of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln is the founder and mastermind behind the Greenkeeper app, as well as a turfgrass extension specialist, a turfgrass educator, and researcher studying all things related to turfgrass soil and plant growth, nutrient and water management, and now he's studying plant diseases and growth. The Turfgrass Hotline is brought to you by our friends at DryJack, Intelligrow, and the Plant Food Company. This episode was brought to you by the Greenkeeper app. Turfgrass Hotline is produced at Rep Studios in downtown Ithaca by Nate Richardson. Big thanks to marketing and business manager John Kiger and executive producer Peter McCormick. I'm Frank Rossi. Thank you for joining me.